HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Chaba Perivan, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family-owned and operate distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 tequila imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. HRN is home to transformative exchanges about food. We hope our diverse lineup of shows opens your eyes, educates, and empowers. Thanks to HRN, I ventured into the world of cooking with sumac, and I have not looked back since. I was listening to A Taste of the Past with my mom, and there was an episode about the history of American food. It inspired me to make it the subject of my final social studies project, and I ended up getting an A. Join us during our summer membership drive by donating and becoming a member. Members play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate to become a member today. We thank you for your support. Welcome to another episode of Item 13. This week, we're honored to have two people and a guest seat. Well, not sharing one guest seat, but two guest seats. Um, we have Nina from Dying Diaspora and Janique from Eat Okra, who are here to talk a little bit about a partnership that they're working on that I think will be relevant to a lot of our listeners based on what I know that um, people are interested in and or are um, 
doing in terms of their projects and initiatives. So um, welcome to the show, Nina, Janique. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So (laughs) you're welcome. Um, Let's get started first. For those that don't know you, do you want to introduce yourselves, um, share a little bit about who you are and your background, and then we'll touch on um, your specific organizations here. Sure, I'll, I'll get started. So Nino Duro, I'm the co-founder of Dine Diaspora, where we connect people and brands to African diaspora food culture um, and has lended us in many paths through festivals, events, brand partnerships, and growing our current initiative on Black women and food, which I'm really excited to dig in more today. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm Janique. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Janique Edwards. Um, I am the co-founder of Eat Okra. I co-founded Eat Okra with my husband, Annie Edwards. Um, and Eat Okra is a mobile app that connects people to uh, Black-owned restaurants all across the country. And so right now we have about 450,000 users and we're just in a stage where we're just trying to, you know, continue to develop the app, um, add new features, attract more users and just continue the work of connecting people and uh, to black owned restaurants and also, you know, helping black owned restaurants stay in business in other ways. So that's, that's great. That's amazing. That's um, it's interesting because just yesterday <laughs> I was looking, so I live in the DC area and actually I could have used the eat okra app now that I think about it. And, um, I needed to send some food to some friends in, in Atlanta and I was trying to figure out like, what's the best X, Y, Z type of restaurant. <laughs> um, and this is a, some, a West African restaurant, right? So I'm looking for a specific kind of West African restaurant. And I completely forgot, even with <laughs> the fact that I was interviewing you today, that that's a resource of finding um, that information. So I've been reminded twice now <laughs> to, to look in that space. Um, so I find what's interesting about both of your organizations is this idea of co-founding and collaborating with other people, right? So Nina is not the sole founder of Dying Diaspora, same with Janique. Um, And so it's not a surprise to me that you've come together to work on this partnership. And um, before we dive into the partnership, one one wants to understand how you both connected or how both of your teams connected and what made you decide to do the specific um, grant program? So one thing, um, I think that's a fabulous question, Norm, because at the heart of the Black Women in Food Initiative is collaboration. you are a black woman in food honoree yourself. So even being here is a testament to that. The idea that, you know, um, having this platform for different black women accomplishing different things, all of us coming together, that we can lean onto each other's expertise to grow and um, further um, have have broader impact. And I think that's at the heart of um, how we got together. So funny enough, Janique is a 2022 black woman honoree oh. herself. <laughs> And, you know, the the connection to um, supporting Black women-owned businesses was born out of the fact that Eokra already um, is doing that work. How can we um, come together and um, 
um, have more impact, right? And that's what the grant means, right? Coming together and as a Black woman in, in food honoree herself, um, recognizing that this would be an avenue and a way to deepen their impact, but also mm-hmm. um, influence the work of women specifically, I thought it just was a no-brainer to come together. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, just for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the Black Women in Food program, especially beyond the um, the awards and grants that you give in March, I believe, for um, Women's History Month, do you want to touch on that a little bit before we talk about the grant, just to provide yeah, some context? Yeah, um, every um, year, um, Dine Diaspora um, really um, works on this Black Women in Food initiative. And to be honest, we have been doing it for quite some time. We're in our fifth year. And we just, um, along the way, we wanted to make sure that it was not just a a list, right? It started off with more of a um, focus on amplifying Black women in the food industry because um, more often than not, Black women are in the food and beverage industry contributing just as much as anybody else, mm-hmm. um, but not getting recognized for their work. And it all started because me and my co-founder were um, working in this food space, um, mm-hmm. working on brand partnerships, but found ourselves working mostly with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did not want to perpetuate the idea or be 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 contributors to the idea that, that women were not you know, to be seen, to be heard, to be um, recognized in the food industry. So we we wanted to shift that for ourselves and develop this initiative to check ourselves, to be honest, and then provide it to others. Um, over time, we really wanted to listen to the women about what do we need um, as women in the industry to grow beyond the recognition. Um, and that's where we've been able to cultivate partnerships like um, the one with EOKRA to deepen the work of the women um, by giving grants, by supporting um, their work in different ways um, and coming together, like I said, partnerships that will really um, deepen all of our work and strengthen our um, ability to impact the lives of others. Yeah, no, that's, it's it's funny that you say that because just last week I was talking about um, representation on um, some food media outlets uh, for black black women in particular, I was speaking about African women in particular, but then black women in general, that um, while a lot of food production houses are trying to, to be more inclusive, more diverse, um, there's still black women's voices that are missing in these franchises, you know? And so it's great to see one, this partnership, but then also two, that it's it's a partnership um, that's celebrating Black women being brought together by Black women. And so that's that's the power of when we come together, you know, to, to uplift and empower each other. So I really, I really like that. Um, now let's talk about the money <laughs> for those who've been waiting to hear. Um, details of the grant. So who can apply? How much are you offering? What's the timeline? What is the criteria? All of that good stuff. Janine, do you want to take that one? Yes, I'm sorry. I had to mute myself. I'm getting all types of city feedback <laughs> uh, here in New York. But yeah, so um, if you, you know, we're, we really wanted to support um, Black women-owned uh, restaurants or brick-and-mortar businesses specifically um, because of how these businesses were affected um, 
because of the, you know, the pandemic uh, with food costs going up, um, rent and leases going up as well, um, labor costs going up as well. We saw that, you know, businesses specifically um, could benefit, you know, from this opportunity and from the grant. So um, if you identify as a, you know, self-identify as a black woman, you operate a brick and mortar restaurant location, um, you, you know, own at least 50% of your, your business, and you're located in the U.S., then, you know, you can definitely apply. And the grant is for how much? And when when can people apply until? I'm sorry. <laughs> so the grant is for, for $10,000. And uh, we opened up the, the grant applications um, at the beginning of, what was it, the beginning of June, uh, Nina? Yeah, so yes, yeah, so it's a full one month, so June fifteenth all the way to July July seventeenth. Folks can um, apply, so I encourage everyone to rush, <laughs> um, but don't rush to the point where your application is not good. Um, you know, put it on your schedule and, and apply. Um, I just wanted to add to what Janique said as well that definitely, you know, the pandemic had a tremendous impact on on Black women-owned businesses um, and. Even throughout the pandemic, we saw a rise in the number of Black women-owned businesses that were being opened. So you see um, the statistics, the statistics were showing that Black women were actually um, opening businesses at a faster rate than other demographic groups, even during the pandemic. So that juxtaposition is quite, quite interesting, right? Um, and then what we tend to hear from um, Black women in food in general, um, both within the restaurant space and outside the restaurant space, is that it's difficult to access funding. Yeah. And so this grant really is tackling that um, those um, those factors are really in the at the at the heart, you know, going through economic hardship, um, coming out of it, being resilient and striving. Um, and yet black women in general are often um, even discriminated against um, when seeking funding for their businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is it. This is and I'm like when I saw it, um, as a well I have I'm opening a restaurant but not in the U.S. so I wouldn't qualify which is also why I wanted to talk to you so there wouldn't be a conflict of interest here um, but I can definitely relate to this idea of funding and how challenging that it can be um, and uh, for those that are listening in terms of what you're looking for in an application like what to you um, would be a strong application like what are you looking for when someone puts together an application one, um, I always say this, like, speak from, from the heart, be, be, be yourself, speak from the heart. Um, but what we are looking for is one that, you know, um, a restaurateur is the restaurant, at least is 50% black women owned. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, you know, <laughs> that should be a, a definitely make sure that that your restaurant is, um, representative of that, um, that we, we identified that we are looking for people that don't own more than three restaurants. Um, oh. So 
Yeah. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're a bona fide restaurateur that has more than three, um, it, this would not be for you. Um, we're, but many other people will qualify for this. And we're also looking for folks that um, have been open for at least six months, but no longer than five years. Um, so have had some traction, are set up, they're ready to go. They have their brick and mortar restaurant, um, but maybe they're not, you know, a five-year-old restaurant. Um, and what we're particularly looking to see in the application is what your funding idea is. What are you going to use this $10,000 to do? Um, how And really be specific. How is that going to happen? Um, and one of the questions actually is, um, how is what you will what you will do impact black women? So we really want to bring it back to the community um, in which is not only providing these funds for you to make this happen um, um, and really thinking about how you will make that linkage to make sure that it, you circle back to um, this black women in food um, as you grow your businesses. Okay, wow, that's really helpful. Um, and I like the parameters you put around that. And I am clearly a fan of storytelling. And so I, I hope as people are listening and thinking about putting together the application, I like this idea of like thinking about one, the community impact, but then also doing it from the heart and really telling your, your story and how this grant will allow you to, you know, impact the community, create legacy, um, maybe potentially get you out of your COVID funk if you're in that. Um, so all of that sounds really great. Um, I will include the link to the application in the show notes and then also on social media when this episode goes live. But where, where can people go for more information about the application and to apply just for those that are listening? Definitely. Um, you can apply at blackwomeninfood.org slash grants. Um, is where you can find the grant application and all about the criteria. Um, I want to just let everyone know, Janika and I will be doing a deeper dive into um, what the criteria and the, um, or Q&A basically, <laughs> on IG Live on, Jan on June 7th, if anyone wants to kind of come in and, and ask questions about how they can strengthen their application, um, what we're looking for. Um, we'd love to answer any of those questions on June 7th at 6 30 p.m. on IG Live. So anyone can just drop in. Um, but we understand, you know, sometimes it's daunting to do these applications, but I assure you, this is like a really quick application. So I would, although it doesn't have that many questions, they will be thoroughly assessed. <laughs> so I, I suggest you, you know, look at it, spend some time coming up with your answers and make sure it really is making a case for yourself. Great. And then I just wanted to clarify that that Q that IG live or QA is on July 7th. Do you mean on Thursday? Yes, July 7th. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's like we're all in one big time warp here. Um, July 7th. So for those who are listening, this episode is coming out on July 5th, Tuesday, July 5th. So you have two days to look at the application, get your questions together and get direct answers from Nina and Janique on any outstanding questions you have before you apply. And I believe the deadline is July 17th. Um, and then what happens after they apply? So July 17th happens. Does everybody hear back? When do you notify um, winners? And you're just picking one person, correct? Are there multiple potential winners here? 
So that's a great question. There is two cycles of this um, of this um, application of this grant. So the first cycle is now, and that person will not hear. Well, we won't announce a winner until September, and then mm-hmm. the next cycle um, happens in October, and we won't be um, announcing a winner until about the new year. Um, and the it's honestly because the phases we, we're really going through a thorough phase phase process mm-hmm. to really select a winner, especially since it's going to be. Um, um, one winner for each grant. So people can look out for the next grant that will be announced um, in October as well. Great. That's awesome. So that's essentially two opportunities um, to get in the, get in the, in, in the, the running. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get in the running. Put yourself in the pool. Cycle. Yes, exactly. Um, great. Now, before we wrap up here, I just thought, um, given all the great things that you both are doing in your respective spheres, maybe touch on like what's outside of the grant, like what's next for you? Like what's the big vision for Dying Diaspora, for Eat Okra, for the rest of the year, for the next, I don't know, five years? Like what's, what are the things you're looking to, it doesn't have to be very specific, but what are the ways you're looking to impact the community, grow your business um, that people should be on the lookout for? Yeah, for us, I mean, we're always looking for, you know, ways to expand our advocacy. I think for Anthony and myself, um, we started with the creation of the app and just trying to, in somewhat similar fashion uh, as Nina and Mame, with trying to amplify um, businesses that we felt like um, were being overlooked and ignored. And so I think right now we're in the next phase of like, how do we, you know, take that next step? Mm-hmm. Um, as advocates for these businesses. And one thing that we are working on internally is a, you know, an online platform, platform um, that they can go to to, you know, receive some of education mm-hmm. and also mentorship um, to help them grow and, um, you know, expand their business as well. So, um, that's something that we're really excited about. Um, we partnered with Jason Willis, who is a restaurant consultant here in New York, who knows the ins and outs of what it takes to, you know, um, run a restaurant, not only from like, you know, a day-to-day understanding, but just from a mental understanding as well, yeah. because it is a grueling business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, we're really proud of like, our partnership with him and we've learned a lot from him, um, you know, as people who are, you know, who like to, you know, patronize these businesses, but don't really know yeah. uh, what it takes to actually to you know, uh, run them and grow them. So I'm very excited about, you know, uh, that next step for us. Yeah, I'm excited about that next step for you too, Janique. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's exciting for, I mean, I think e-yoga is for all of us, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's for it's for us as a Black people, but it's also for the world. And I think um, the, the stronger it gets, the bigger it gets, the more opportunities it provides um, our community, the better the world will be connected to Black foods. And I think that's an amazing um, journey to be on. Um, as for Dying Diaspora's work, I mean, we are fully um, and wholly heartedly going to be building on um, Black women in food further. Um, as you've seen, we want to have more grants. We want to have um, 
uh, more opportunities. I'm just going to talk about what's just happening this year alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. have a number of panels that we'll be doing collaboration with E-Oprah as well. Um, that will be happening in D.C., New York, and Atlanta. So people can look out for that um, this summer and then the fall. And we have an amazing conference um, coming in the fall as well for um, focused on Black women in food. And um, so look out for that in November. Um, and we also have um, one of our short documentary series um, called Foodie Venture um, coming out, um, a new one coming out this year as well. So there's a whole bunch of stuff just even in this year. That's (laughs) a lot for this year alone. Um, so we'll be thinking, you know, and, and in the future, you know, like, you know, you said five years from now, you know, we're looking at this as a movement. This is not, you know, um, something that we want to, we think that there's a a true, like success destination success is, um, you know, having more people really know about the work of black people in the food industry, having more people see our, recognize our work, but also pay us equitably, um, and, um, compensate us uh, fairly for what we do, recognize us for what we do. So there's a whole lot in there to be done, um, in the next five years, but I'm hoping that in the next five years, we'll see what we've seen in the past five years. I think in the past five years, some of the work that we've been doing and what we've been seeing is a lot more, um, connections to African diaspora cuisines, um, African diaspora culture. Um, there's so so much more of a celebration and if we're, we're still going down that path in the next five years, I can only imagine where we'll all be. Yeah, no, that's exciting from both of your ends in terms of like what's coming down the road. I think for all of us, all of us, I'm sure you can relate, like the last couple of years has just been really traumatizing in a lot of ways. And so it's great to see that we're coming out of it strong um, in community and um, continuing to figure out how we can do the work um, to support people who are heads down actually doing this. So some of the work in in terms of doing this amplification um, can be challenging, but it's also not as, sometimes I think about it as it's not as, um, what's the right word to use? It's just, I I enjoy doing amplification and, and support work, right? But I, I cannot equate it to the people that are actually heads down doing the work every day. Like you talked about restaurant work, for example, the grueling work of going in every day and doing that. And so it's a privilege and honor, I think, to be able to um, amplify their stories and share examples of ways in which that they can do better with, with programs like this. So I'm excited for this particular grant and then also the different things that you all are doing um, this year and year, for years to come. <laughs> um, so before we transition to the, to the couple of quick fun questions in the session, can you just quickly tell people for those that are not aware where they can find you online, so on social media, on your website, your website links, um, just so people know where to find you. And if you have a newsletter um, for subscription, they can also access that as well. Oh yeah, for eOkra, you can go to our website, www.eokra.com. Um, you find links to download the app there, or you can type in eOkra one word in your app store and the app can, you, you, the app should pop up for you to download there as well. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, our hashtag on pretty much everything is at eat okra the app. 
Um, so cool. And for Dine Diaspora, www.dinediaspora.com and on all social media, you would just follow Dine Diaspora. And then, of course, for Black Women Food, like I said, our website is www.blackwomeninfood.org. Great. Okay. So last couple of questions round out. And then for those that don't know, we are recording on the Friday of the 4th of July weekend. So I'm trying to get these ladies out to go enjoy their lovely weekend. So a couple of fun, quick questions. One, I wanted to find out, since we've been talking about Black women-owned restaurants, for each of you, like, what's your favorite Black women-owned restaurant anywhere in the world? It doesn't have to be in the U.S. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... I think here in New York, I really love Melba's. Oh, yeah. Um, it's in, in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great uh, soul food, really great uh, brunch. I lived in Harlem for a, a few years um, with my oldest sister, who also owned a business in Harlem for a few years. So Melba's, I would say, is probably one of my favorites here. Yes, Lala's is amazing. Um, I live in D.C. right now, so um, one of my favorites is Cane, which is a Caribbean oh. um, restaurant in D.C. It's small, but it, and it's so good. <laughs> and half the time, you can't even get a seat inside. But when you do or when you order, you're just so satisfied that you could. <laughs> um, so I would definitely recommend to anyone Cane, Black women owned in D.C. Oh, I didn't know it was Black women owned. Yes, it is. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. That's that's awesome. And then the last question before we leave here: If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. Um, <laughs> for me, I love brunch. I'm like a huge brunch person, and. Say probably shrimp grits. That's like a uh, meal, so I never get tired of it. So that's that's my answer. Shrimp and grits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to, yeah, I used to eat shrimp and grits all this. Like I love it too, but now I'm vegan, and oh. we'll see. I'm on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm. Not, I guess I'm vegan. I'm I'm plant based. <laughs> I'm on that journey. I don't want anybody to box me. Right? Like, what are you doing? Um, I have so many jokes about that journey, but the the meal that I would probably say right now, as I'm sitting here today, probably would change tomorrow, is um, plantain. So fried plantain and and beans called red red in Ghana. Um, I I think I could eat that every day. Yeah, that's actually my answer to this question too. <laughs> so I feel like it, it and it checks the box, right? To be to be vegan, vegetarian, exactly, all that good stuff. So it's good for you, and it's delicious. So. No one can come for me. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for your time for the work that you do in the community. Really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully by sharing this with our audience, it reaches a wider group of people that can then apply, engage with you. And then if 
you're listening on Tuesday and you think, you know, I can't put this together in 10, 12 days. Like Nina and Janique said, there's an opportunity to apply in the fall, but it's also, I'm trying now, right? Yeah. Rather than later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Try now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um yes there's time there's yeah it'll be 12 days two, about two weeks that's time you can do it um great so thank you thank you to nina to Janine for your time um and yeah we will we'll be paying attention to what you all are doing and we'll support in any way that we can item 13 is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network Food Radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.